One of the one of the very strong guys in yeshiva this year. His name's Akiva Bieberfeld, and his parents. Akiva's parents drove from very long distance, as many people here. He came, they came. We have people who've come from Detroit, the middle of Simchas. People have come from all different distances. The Bieberfelds drove from Maryland. Thank you so much. The Bieberfelds drove from Meadows, from Maryland, and they they had an incident with their car and a lot of troubles along the way. And just look up at them, I want to share the following question that I think about, and I'd like to share this out loud, and then we'll get to business at hand. The question I have is when you have miniyas, blockages, places we want to get in blockages, anybody reading the Parashia Satira about the Avais sees full of miniyas. The Avais were building, the Avais and the Imais were building Klal Yisrael, and there's so many blockages. There's so many things that get in the way from being Akarais, not having the capacity to have children, to wicked people, to all different encounters with Risham stealing Sarah's stolen twice in the, in the parish. It's just so many obstacles. How do you know when an obstacle means it's still Chashev and fight through? Because like Reb Nachman said, according to the blockages is how valuable the thing. So how do you know I'm supposed to fight through? And how do you know Bilam's donkey was blocked and it was blocked because he was supposed to stop? How am I to know when I'm supposed to stop and when I'm supposed to fight through? I have asked and over the years in Yeshiva we've faced many obstacles. Maybe Hashem wants us to shut down. How do you know what is the case of Bilam's donkey where Hashem wants you to stop? And, and when Hashem wants you to fight through, how do you know? And both facts, there's sometimes miniyas, blockages, where Hashem's telling you, knock it off, stop. That's what happened by Bilam. And sometimes Hashem is saying, fight through. How do I know? A simple question. And what I, want to, what I want to say very simply is it's not two sides of the coin. If there ever blockages, Hashem wants you to rethink the matter. That was a good one. Kevin should always get that If there are blockages, then for sure, come in, come in. Nobody be shy. What I want to express is when there are blockages 100%, there's no two sides of the coin. Hashem wants you to rethink the matter. When we face obstacles in yeshiva, 100%, Hashem wants us to rethink the matter. Whenever you have obstacles, it's not two sides of the coin. Hashem wants you to rethink the matter. Rethinking the matter, sometimes you decide, I should stop. Bilam and Avram were both supposed to rethink the matter. Avram is building Klal Yisrael and Bilam was going to destroy Klal Yisrael. And both face obstacles and Hashem wants for both of them to rethink the matter. Bilam, when he rethinks the matter, is supposed to stop. 
That's what should happen when he rethinks and saying, I probably shouldn't curse the greatest people on earth. And Avram Avinu, when he rethinks the matter, should actually decide again to build Klal Yisrael. I always want, it's very sad if somebody's a Rebbe because they were a Rebbe yesterday. That's, that's awfully sad. If you're running a school because you ran it last year, that's sad. And we all face obstacles because we should think again. And then often Hashem wants us to, He always with obstacles wants us to rethink the matter. And either in rethinking the matter, you'll decide no. And that's what was supposed to happen by Bilaam. Or in rethinking the matter, you'll come out like a tiger. You'll decide yes again more passionately. The obstacles of our life force us to rethink, rethink things and we come out much stronger, much more focused. People have dreams with their own children and what their children will look like. And then we face obstacles. We had a dream of raising a family of sincere, God-fearing children. We have obstacles. Hashem wants us to rethink the matter, 100%. There are obstacles in my dream. He wants us to rethink it, and then you come out like a tiger. What I dreamed of yesterday, but I was doing it because of yesterday's dream. Meneas, blockages make you decide to do it today. If you think about the challenges of our life, you come out afterwards like a much more fierce, determined person to do what's in front of you. You come out more determined. So that's the response to Meneas. I want to, that, that was Lakava the Bieberfeld family, Hashem should remove their is to come visit the yeshiva. They should rethink the matter and come much more often to yeshiva and continue to see nachas from their son Akiva. People talk about duplicating what's in Waterbury. So a lot of discussions are to try, let's take off rules. Let's stop being punitive places, and then we're like Waterbury. What makes the yeshiva, and what the yeshiva is trying to accomplish, if somebody holds a gun to my head and says, Kalish, then Kalish, give a dollar to charity, and has a gun to my head, I walk over to the pushka and I put in a dollar. No tough guy, he has a gun, I don't. I put a dollar in the pushka, you win. But one thing I will absolutely not do is if while he's walking me to the pushka, he wants to discuss charity, there's no, that's not happening. I promise you it's not happening. I, I, I don't want to say that. Yeah, I don't say. For somebody else, most people would rather be shot than have a discussion about charity with a gun to them. <coughs> it's not an honest discussion or a real discussion if you have a gun to my head and tell me to give charity. If somebody says, if you miss prayers, you get detention. Oh, and by the way, I want to discuss prayers with you. It's not a very honest discussion. It's not a true discussion. It's a pretend discussion. Because, very frankly, if I don't come to davening, I'm getting suspended and I'm getting detentions. It's not a very honest discussion about prayers. The Mishnah Brura describes the chinuch of our children at 13 changes from chinuch to teichacha. I don't want to be a pretend person. It's not open what the Mishnah means. Something changes in Chinuch, in education, before 13, after 13. Now, Bar Mitzvah, for anybody who studies the Sugyas, Lav Dafka 13. 
it's a complicated matter, but at a certain age, that around the 13-year-old, chenach changes. From chenach to teichacha, something changes. I have asked many a school, what's the difference between 11th grade and 4th grade? And philosophically, I really don't hear the difference. 11th grade and 4th grade, harder tests. But what philosophically changed? What's different? And the halacha, and the halacha is, and practically something has to give. Your kids get, a person's getting older, what's changing philosophically? And to me, a young kid, you don't discuss bedtime with your eight-year-old. I think somebody would try Waterbury on an elementary school level, I think would do a lot of damage. Because a youngster, it's not a, you don't take a poll what time your kids want to go to sleep. You don't ask them. I don't think that's a healthy way of raising children. A young kid has a certain bedtime. I think there's an age where honest discussion has to take over, where it's a conversation. And there's an age where the conversation has to be had. It's no longer about forcing, it's about talking about. And the yeshiva certainly, a bachar can miss prayers, a bachar can miss shiurim with no repercussions. Yeah? The only repercussion is he missed shir. I don't believe in incentives. Please don't ever pay a kid. Nobody would ever pay a kid to go to shir. Don't ever pay a kid to put on tefillin. Don't pay a kid to keep Shabbos. That's a, it's, it's a tremendous contradiction to what Yiddishkeit is and believes. Incentives are only meant if you have a koilal guy who wants to come. And they make a shmiris hasdarm incentive, so then you're incentivizing what you want to do. I make incentives with myself. I buy myself treats, things I want, when I fill certain incentives. Because if I don't get the thing, I'm happy I did it. If I tell myself, Daniel, if you get up on time, you'll buy yourself a tour. If I punk, don't buy the tour, I'm still happy I woke up on time. So the incentive is only getting me to do what I want to do anyway. Then an incentive is fine. It's a Taisvis who says what I'm saying. But if the incentive, if you, if you tell a kid, put on tefillin and I'll pay you, and then he's only doing for the payment, that's horrible because we should pay to put on tefillin. It is precious to serve Hashem. It's a tremendous gift called Shabbos. You're contradicting. You don't pay somebody to keep Shabbos. He should pay you to keep Shabbos. Shabbos is a gift, and we have gifts. We're zaycha, we're zaycha to gifts. In the yeshiva, we're not punitive. We don't punish as a way of setting up a place that we could actually talk about life, about prayer, about learning Torah, about midas, about all the aspects, about discipline. Things could be conversations. It's a place of honest conversation. There's a Yid Reb Noach Orlewik. Some have heard of him in Eretz Yisrael. He's a very brilliant man. And Reb Noach Orlewik came to the yeshiva and fell in love. And as sent guys here, I asked him, what do you like? What do you see, Rebbe? I quote him, he said, the last place on earth of dialogue. That was a quote of Rev Orlewik. He said, the last place on earth of dialogue. That there's honest conversation here. So anybody wants to copy the yeshiva and be what the yeshiva is, and certainly to make environments of success is an environment that allows for honest dialogue. It's very scary. You have to have two trusts to run Waterbury. To, to create a Waterbury, you have to trust in people and trust in tyrant. And you're challenged for that. Oh my goodness, if I don't force, maybe hope. 
I've had guys go through the yeshiva and become tremendous B'nai Taira, and they don't want a brother to come here. You know how dangerous it is? Do you know what in the dorm I was offered, the guy says? And he's afraid. He's very intelligent. I succeeded. Yeah, my brother shouldn't come here. My brother shouldn't come here. Dangerous. I made it through. I'm a Ben Taira. I'm God-fearing. But I, I was offered. You know, when, you know, behind the water bear, you know what goes on? My brother shouldn't come. He's hurt. He's digested some of the yeshiva. I'll tell you what he hasn't learned yet. He hasn't learned that all of us are souls. We're in a shama that crave taiv, that crave taiv. And he hasn't learned that there is no match for Torah. That a life of Torah, of service of Hashem, is the goods. In the yeshiva, we trust Torah and we trust people. We have true faiths that are real, that are real, that are through and through. A, a therapist from Muncie said, I've been, called me up. He said, I've been watching the yeshiva for years. I have figured it out. He said, you guys trust people. There's a pause on the phone. He said, you're crazy. You're crazy. You guys trust people. You're crazy. And we do, we, we are guilty as charged. We believe in people and we believe in Torah. And people have choices. People have series. All of us have choices, but that's what's so special about us. We have choices. Kids discover at different points they have a choice. There's a line to mom and dad, what are you going to do about it? Get home one o'clock. What are you going to do about it? Never answer that question. Never. Because you're having the wrong discussion. The kid's saying, I have choice. What does have to the kid's expressing, you can't force me, correct? Correct, you're a smart kid, you realize you have choice. We don't run the yeshiva because we can then control. The word control, we ha- there is a degree of control parents had. That's not the base of chenuch. A kid has choice for himself, that's what it means to be human. Angels have no choice, human beings are higher than angels. Revolba says on this week's parsha brings a raya, human beings are higher than angels. An angel, when he's lefnei shechina, Rashi says, is called anashim, is called a human being. Then you can call them the madrig of a human being. A human being has choice. He has choice. That's what's remarkable about you and I. We have many choices. That's us. It's the truth we have choice. Nobody takes away our choice. And from that place, we could be Mekadashem Shemaim. We could be, do tremendous and remarkable things. Don't ever tell a person they don't have choice. You're lying to them. Welcome to a yeshiva. People have choice. A guy could sleep. It's a truth. Could sleep today, tomorrow, and the next day. True. Now Chinuch begins. Now Chinuch begins. And tell your kid, get home at one, get home, one is late, 12, 11. So what are you going to do about it? Not, you're saying I have choice? Because you have choice doesn't stop my chinuch. Get home at 11 o'clock. It's not taking away somebody's choice. It's conversation, dialogue, and honesty. That's the yeshiva. It's remarkable, the shiurim of the yeshiva, I'm zaycha, that in the mornings, I don't have a shir, and I get to listen in. I once in a while walk to the annex, and I'm talking to a bacher there, and I listen in to Rai Shapiro. The conversation with the guys is so sophisticated. Rabbi Zon's conversation in the back of the base Medrash, it's real and it's sophisticated. 
I say a 50-year-old man from Lakewood can join Rizone's 10th grade cheer, and I promise you he would sit there and he would be informed, because an honest, real conversation is going on. The Torah has a message for us all and says things that are related to us, that are practical and related to us. Rabbi Wasniki Shirum, any person would walk in, a 70-year-old grandmother would walk into that Shirum, she would have what to gain from that sophisticated conversation. There's a grandmother, just a good story, there's a grandmother in L.A., a wonderful person who runs a girls' camp, and this lady had a nephew, a very yeshivish nephew, who said for years that you have to hear my Rebbe, Rabbi Kalis. He's unbelievable, Rabbi Kalis. His shiurim, Rabbi Kalis, amazing. During the Zoom period, the world was shut down, and she hears of a guy, Kayla Shangashir, and thought it was Callus, this Rabbi Callus. So she tuned in. Her nephew had told her for years, dear Rabbi Callus, she was on the Zooms. She said the guys didn't look like her nephew's type. It just didn't look like it, but she was drawn. She didn't stop the entire Zoom. She was on the Shir, and remains till today. She will hear this year, this Chashva lady. And here's the shirim and the yeshiva. The conversation in yeshiva is never dumbed down. I don't like dumbed down. It's honest and real and talk about life and growth in a very honest and sophisticated, the word real, honest and real. That's Torah, that's Yiddishkeit, and it has to be shirim. One can go to any, one can see Rabbi Russ in the front of the base Medrash, the connection that he has with his guys and the honest dialogue that goes on all day. Rabbi Brownstein in the middle of the base Medrash. Rabbi Kaf at the front of the base Medrash. Each year, Rabbi Farkas in the back of the base Medrash. Rabbi Silverman in, in the classroom. The conversations of Tyra, of learning Tyra, are very honest and real conversations. I wanted on, on Parents' Day, it's not a very, we did not like practice music and have people, and have people like practice their performances to make sure it's just so. That's not how the yeshiva functions. I wanted parents to come and plug in for a few hours to the yeshiva. We want to meet the parents, we want to connect to the parents and spend a few hours together and show briefly the yeshiva. There were no speeches before parents came to tell guys how to dress. We haven't sent the guy back, put on a yarmulke, there's nothing, nothing. We're very comfortable who we are, we're very comfortable about the process here. And we just wanted an honest experience. Nothing was like set up. We did some music together. We did it last week and we'll do it again next week. And we'll play music. We will not have the sound guy. We did that to show off for you. We had a sound guy, so we cheated a little. But we like playing music and enjoying each other perform and sing. And I felt to ask Ray Shapiro to share words with, with us all, to allow us to listen in. This is what we do in the afternoons. We have what's called Musarvad and we Share the very Torah. I asked Rai Shapiro, were Zaycha on Shabbos every Shalashodis? I wait Shalashodis to hear Rai Shapiro's words. They make a Raisham on me, they impact me and my family, and we're all Zaycha every Shabbos to Rai Shapiro. His share is Zaycha daily to learn with him and to gain something. The guys who are in Rai Shapiro's share are getting something that's life changing. In 20, 30, 50 years, they'll see Torah and think about Torah differently. They're getting something, a mahalach hachayim, a mahalach in ruchnius, a way to approach Torah that's life-changing. 
So I want to share the experience with everybody here. I thank Rai Shapiro for all he is for the yeshiva. I thank all the Rebbeim, all the conversation, the, the shiurim in the morning. It's Kedai any parent any day. You don't have to come on visiting day. Maybe like we set this up, everybody's smiling. Come any day you want. Come Monday, Tuesday, any day you want. And I advise it, just hop. Hop from share to share. It's incredible to see. Really an incredible experience. I'll close and say there was a visiting Menahel one day from a yeshiva, Kresh Yeshiva, and came to see the yeshiva. He was sitting here all day, very unusual. A man is here, like, checking out the yeshiva and looking at what was going on. And after he gave me a report, an unsolicited report after, he did not like, he said, I remember he said there were a lot of open buttons and big chups. Two things, I like guys to be comfortable and big chups. I don't want to explain why I like it. But um, the bottom line is, he said there were things he was uncomfortable, guys. Open buttons and chups, both made him uncomfortable, full respect, understood. And the... So those were, you know, he had his observations, but he said two things to me that he saw in yeshiva. He said that the eyes on Rebbeim during shiurim, he said, was like, I haven't seen that in my life. You could look around, I look around, you watch a Rebbe saying shiur, the eyes, the locking of eyes during shiurim, your son may go for two hours, an hour, or two minutes every day, or not even come every day. The eyes on the Rebbe, the locking of eyes, I watch it, I sit here in the mornings, come one morning and see it. The locking of eyes, two people that are really communicating, it's something to see. It's not a lecture, two people are communicating. There's an honest communication going on. The eyes, and he said by prayers, the sincerity. There might not be a huge crowd as the years go on. The, as the year goes on, the minion gets fuller. But the sincerity by prayers, he said, he said, 15 years in my yeshiva, I'm trying to accomplish that. That sincerity in prayer. So I want to thank Rai Shapir and all the Rebbeim, every Rebbe, for making this yeshiva what it is. It's appreciated. And without further ado, let's hear the retire from Rai Shapir.